Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hey there, welcome back. Lisa again from adayinourshoes.com. Placement. That's what we're discussing today. IEP placement. And if you are just joining us, we have been going through an IEP section by section and discussing points about the section. Um, and today is placement. If you wish to follow along or look at, have something to look at later, I assume that most people who are listening to this podcast are doing so in the car and I probably shouldn't make that assumption. But that's when I listen to podcasts, when I'm in the car. I have a bad habit of that, projecting projecting what I want or what I do onto others. Um, but if you want to look at this up later, I do have a blog post uh, at adadayinourshoes.com on placement. And I am using an IEP. I'm using the blank form from Pennsylvania and the blank form from Delaware. So, the, I have this great blog post, and maybe I'll turn the blog post itself into a podcast, because sometimes I write these posts, and I think that they're so great, and then they just really fall flat with the readers, and they don't do well, and nobody reads them, and it's kind of a bummer. Um... And this one particular blog post, it started out with, I called it thought hurdles. And it was just like these these kind of roadblocks that parents get in their brain when it comes to IEPs that they really need to overcome. Anyway, I've changed the name of the blog post like a zillion different times to try to get people interested in it. And I've, tried, I've changed the picture a bunch of different times and um, it never takes off. But one of the thought hurdles that I find is that placement is actually one of the last decisions made by the IEP team. And I find that this roadblock or thought hurdle pops up in particular at a few points in a child's academic career. And most of the time, it's when when a child is moving from, say, early intervention to preschool, preschool to school age, or if they're in school age, um, when they're changing buildings. Um, you know, most districts have different buildings for different grades. Um, 
so when a child is changing buildings or changing, like I said, one of the different levels, I find that parents have this expectation that your IEP team is either going to tell you or give you like a list of placements for your child. And I can't say it enough that there is no list. There's not going to be a list. Nobody's going to hand you a list. And I get that because we're parents. We're concerned about our kids. And we want to know what their day looks like, right? You want to, like, envision your child. And especially for a child who has challenges, like, we want to know what their setting is going to look like. What's their day going to look like? Where are they going to be? Who are they going to be with? Um... And I think that, I still think that parents have this expectation that, especially when they move on to, I find most often when it's the kinder or yeah, the preschool to kindergarten transition, that parents just want to kind of be given this menu of options for their child. Give me this menu and I'll pick from it and tell you what I think my child needs. And it just, I've never ever seen a kindergarten transition go that way. Because if you're following the spirit of IDEA, placement is actually the last decision made. First, you have your present levels, which defines all your child's needs and strengths. And remember that your needs are based, those needs defined will be based on the evals that they've had. So you have your present levels, then you have your goals, then you have all your SDIs, your related services, all that fun stuff. Then the IEP team is supposed to look at the IEP as a whole and say, okay, which placement is best suited to implement this IEP? I have a client and I love her dearly, but sometimes I just want to take like a rolled up towel and beat her over the head because she keeps, she's unhappy with her son's placement. And what she keeps saying to me is the only reason I chose this placement was because of how much therapy time he was going to get. And I keep saying to her, that his needs determine how much therapy he gets, not his placement. And if he needs that amount of therapy, he should receive that amount of therapy regardless of the placement that he's in. Services determine placement. Placement does not determine services. Does that make sense? I have a very high needs child and I mean he receives it all. PT, OT, vision, O&M, you name it, it's on there. Um, so when we were determining his placement for kindergarten 
I was given, I want to say three or four options to take a look at. And by options, that means your school, at least in Pennsylvania, for most of the time, you can, uh, you can call and ask a placement if you can come visit. In Pennsylvania, if it's an APS, chances are they're not going to let you visit and interrupt their school day because it is disruptive to the kids. Excuse me. Um, but chances are they're not going to let you visit without a referral packet from your district. And a referral packet is generally your most recent eval report and the most current IEP. Um, and the reason being that unless you're independently wealthy and make it very clear that you intend to play for, pay for this placement on your own, um, a referral packet tells the school that, um, hey, we know this child's needs cannot be met in the public in the neighborhood school, so we have to look for external placement. And, and IEP placement means that the district and the state will be paying for it. So anyway, um, as we were developing Kevin's kindergarten IEP, the district sent out, I want to say, four or five referral packets to different private placements. And I looked at one, and I liked everything about it, except that they did not offer vision services. So it just didn't matter how much I liked that placement. He was to receive vision and O&M services, and they did not offer that. Um, so he didn't go there. Um, it's, again, placement is the last decision, not the first that being said, um, there's a continuum of placements. So it shouldn't, if, you know, if you want to, if parents are insistent that, well, I need to see a list, there is a list and it's the continuum of LRE. So the f least restrictive is, of course, gen ed, regular setting. And I believe most states define that as that the child is in the gen ed setting 80% of the day or more. So you could be receiving some push-in services, you could be receiving some pull-out services, but for at least 80% of the day, your child is with gen ed kids. Um, the next cutoff point, I believe, is 40%. So they... Um, spend at least 40% of their day with their gen ed peers. Generally, I've found this to mean that the child does lunch and specials with their typical peers, and they are in a different setting, just a, a completely special ed setting for all of their academics. Um, then of course there's self-contained or special ed classrooms. There's self-contained or special ed schools. There's residential. If your child needs residential placement, homebound or hospital or partial hospital 
um, for kids who are really struggling with mental illness. Um, I know my county has a specific program where half of their day is spent, you know, doing mental health therapeutics and half the day is spent doing academics. So it's called a partial HOSP program. Um, and then the most restrictive being homebound, hospital, or a correctional facility. Okay, so if you want a list, that's your list. Um, and the IEP, you know, look at your child's IEP and and see what, you know, where it's leaning. If it's leaning toward more restrictive, less restrictive, and think about what they need. Um, think about, here's, here's uh, something I heard at a conference one time, and let me see, I want to make sure I get it right. It's not a matter of, is my child ready for the regular classroom it's is the regular classroom ready for my child okay what does your child need if you want them in gen ed with their peers what do they need to be successful in the regular ed classroom okay um This is also an area where I'm finding lately that there are a lot of different factions of the disability community and a lot of judging. I have even personally felt it and been a target. Um, it's no secret that my son is in a very restrictive setting. He is in... Um, an all special needs school in a very small classroom. There are only, he only has three classmates. And I've just had a lot of people like, oh, oof, how can you be an advocate if you don't believe in inclusion? And there's a camp out there who believe that inclusion is the only option or should be the only option. Um... And to that I say, you know, there are no absolutes in life. Inclusion, when done right, is the best option. But I don't think that it's appropriate for my child. So, you know, go with your gut. If your child, you know, even with an intense amount of supplementary aids and services if, um, if your child cannot be served appropriately in the gen ed classroom, then you know maybe the gen ed classroom isn't appropriate. Um, I know it's not appropriate for my child and I don't want anyone to be guilted into, um, you know, well, inclusion should be the only option. I do plenty of inclusion on our own time um, and our social time.
So, you know, again, respect where people are at in the journey. <sighs> Deep breaths. Um, and what works for one child may not work for another. So placement, again, get yourself a solid IEP before you start thinking about placement. Placement does not determine services. Supports and services determine placement. If you are looking at a private placement and you say, oh, wow, I can really, really picture my child there. I think my child would really be successful there. Then you just have to get good about defining it. And what are they doing at that placement that your child needs? What are they doing at that placement that is only being done at that placement and is not being done in your child's current placement? Okay, for me it was the one-on-one small setting and ABA. So I just set about crafting an IEP that showed that he needed ABA and a small setting. Okay. It's okay to look at placement first if, you know, because I know that's what parents do. I know that's what y'all do. I work with you. Um, But just look at the placement and, like I said, work backwards. Define what they're doing at that placement that you want. Because if it's, if the needs and, and the rest of it is not in the IEP, you're not going to get that placement. Okay? Needs and services determine placement. Placement does not determine services. It's the other way around. So just demonstrate a need for whatever it is that they're offering at that placement that you want. Okay? So, placement. That's about it. Uh, like I said, I have a, an extensive blog post about this on the blog, adayinourshoes.com. Look for special ed placement. I'm sure it will come up. Um, if you have any questions, ask in our Facebook group. And with anything else, you know, I don't, have I even done a podcast on PWN? I think I did. I think I did. Um, but like anything else, and this is this is one of the more contentious issues I think um, is arguing over placement. So, like anything else, ask for it on a PWN and what they've considered and what they reasons for not agreeing with the placement that the parent has suggested or desires, um, and take it from there. Because the school is obligated to LRE. They have to try, they have to work from the least restrictive environment and kind of, they don't have to start a child in the gen ed setting. My child has never been in a gen ed setting. Um, But they have to, at least in their thought process, start with the least restrictive environment and work their way up. So that can either work for you or against you, depending on how, if, and how you're disagreeing with your team. If that makes sense. Okay. Um, It's a heady topic. So I'm going to stop there. Thanks for listening. And 
tune in next time. I think next time is classification. Thanks and have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group. Wait.